It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Incredible play. 35-yard touchdown. Alan Lazard, six foot five frame, needing every bit of it. What a great look. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again. And he's sacked again by Quinnen Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time to recap day number three of NFL Free Agency with our friend. Covers the NFL over at WalterFootball.com, a website that he's the owner of and the founder of as well, Mr. Walter Cherapinski. Walter, thanks for coming back on the show, brother. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, We had a busier day than we thought. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot to discuss. Let's start where we always do, Roger's Watch, day number 996, or at least that's what it feels like at this point. Nothing big happened today, but there were some people that spoke about the situation that I thought had interesting vantage points here. We'll start with Amy Trask. Now, if you don't know who Amy Trask is, she was the CEO of the Raiders for close to two decades. She was the right-hand person to Al Davis, and she literally negotiated deals like this for a living during that time. And she was on the Rich Eisen show with Susie Schuster, who's Rich Eisen's wife and also fills in as the host when Rich Eisen is off. And they were discussing this whole situation. And it was really fascinating how she broke it down. She said, everybody's talking about how this team has the leverage, that team has the leverage. She goes, the perception that people have that the Packers have all the leverage is just not true. Because each team has strengths and weaknesses in this deal. The Jets want Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wants to go to the Jets. The Packers want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers and his contract. The Jets are willing to take that contract. The Packers are willing to take draft picks or whatever else. And Aaron Rodgers wants to move on. She says that everybody has a little bit of leverage and it's just a matter of sitting down and hammering out a deal because it's in everybody's best interest. Because realistically, what are the Packers going to do if the Jets walk away from the table? And realistically, if the Jets walk away from the table, what are their other options? And realistically, if all parties walk away, what are the realistic options for Aaron Rodgers? But the way she broke this down is that everybody has cards they can play because the Jets could and should, according to Amy Trask, and I agree, be talking to Lamar Jackson because the Jets have to decide what the walking away point is. And if they hit that walking away point where they've decided there's just not going to be a deal done and they're not going beyond a certain point, then they need to have a plan B. And in this case, the plan B should be they should be already talking to Lamar Jackson. In the case of Aaron Rodgers, if he really wants to push this, then obviously he could show up to training camp. He could show up 
to minicamp. He could go on Joe Rogan. He could go on Pat McAfee. We talked about this, Walter. There are ways that Aaron Rodgers could make this very difficult for the Packers. And then for the Packers standpoint, what they could do is they could sit back and say, we have Aaron Rodgers' rights. We can theoretically hang on to him until September and try and bluff that way and see if the Jets really are willing to walk away. So everybody's playing a game of chicken here, but ultimately what Amy Trask said is that the goals are all the same. This ends happily for everybody if Rodgers is a member of the Jets. Everybody gets what they want. It's just a matter of figuring out a way to get there. And you really should go and listen to the entire interview. She talked a lot about Lamar Jackson as well. She did a fantastic job. She's brilliant, and she always offers incredible insight. Somebody that did this for a living who really knows what she's talking about. So if you didn't watch it yet, you can go to Rich Eisen's YouTube channel. The entire interview is up. Another person who did this for a living, who is in the front office of three different teams, has a different vantage point. He disagrees with all the media people that are saying the Packers have all the leverage. This is Joe Banner, who was in the Eagles front office, who was in the Browns front office, who was in the Falcons front office. He said, sorry, but Jets have all the leverage. Does someone really think the Packers are going to pay Aaron Rodgers another $60 million when they don't want him? That plus what they already owe the cap would leave them with $100 million of cap charges going forward for a player they do not want. This is not going to happen. And I tend to think ultimately what Trey Wingo said is true. They're probably going to hammer out a deal in the next couple of days. But along the lines of what Amy Trash said in terms of everybody needing to realize that they all need each other and that they have to sit down and hammer this out, Ian Rappaport said the same thing that Amy Trask did. Not in as much detail and I would argue didn't have the same kind of insight that Amy Trask did from that position of being a CEO of a franchise for two decades. But he did say that really, when it comes down to it, everybody needs each other. Everybody has different parts of leverage. It's all split up. And so it would make sense for them to all come together and get something done sooner rather than later. So Walter, again, nothing new, but I did think it was interesting to get the perspectives of these people, particularly Joe Banner, but even more so Amy Trask. These are people that negotiated these deals for a living, and so they have a different insight than members of the media who have never done this. Yeah, surprise, surprise, the media doesn't know what they're talking about, or at least the mainstream media. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, they more or less agreed uh, with what we were saying the past couple of days uh, where, uh, you know, it, it, I think it's insane to say the Packers have all the leverage. It's not true. Uh, I think, you know, we agree that the leverage is about 50-50 right now. But as, you know, the, the 2023 NFL draft approaches, like each coming day, uh, it strengthens the Jets' position more and more because the Packers need these draft picks coming up to, re to really help out Jordan Love. Uh, and, you know, they, they don't want to wait uh, a whole year for these draft picks and by the way, are going to be a lot worse if if Aaron Rodgers goes mm -hmm. to the Jets. Uh, now suddenly that thirteenth pick is going to be in the twenties at the very least. So um, yeah, the Packers, uh, you know, the time time's kind of running out for them. Uh, they have about uh, um, you know I, I think they're about safe for like the next couple weeks. Uh, but you know, once April comes around, uh, there there's going to be a, a lot of pressure to get things done, and I, I think it'll be done by then anyway. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
one player that Aaron Rodgers would be playing with again if he comes to New York because he's a player that he played with in Green Bay is Alan Lazard, who we know signed with the Jets. Here are the terms of the deal. We have the numbers now. It is a four-year, $44 million deal with $22 million guaranteed and a $10.92 million signing bonus. Walter, as you were saying to me before we started recording, it's basically a glorified two-year, $22 million deal. That's how a lot of these contracts work. Cap hits in 2023, so this upcoming year, $3.26 million. Then it balloons to $12.18 million, then $13.18 million, then $13.18 million again. And then there's a voidable year in 2027 for $2.18 million. So really, they backloaded this, presumably, so they could find ways to spend on players to help a potential win-now window with Aaron Rodgers, assuming the Jets are able to get that deal done. Alan Lazard talked to the press for the first time since signing with the Jets. Here's what he had to say. Talked about wanting to be in New York because after spending all this time in the Midwest, he had a desire to play in a big city. Said a big part of the reason he was here was Robert Sala, but even more so Nathaniel Hackett. He said it was fun and easy playing for Nathaniel Hackett, and he'd never had more fun playing football than when Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator. Talking about Aaron Rodgers, he said, quote, He's a big reason why I'm here today. I can't deny that. He stood on a table for me in training camp when I didn't deserve to make the roster called for me to be in the games, and he's always believed in me. Lazard said that he didn't sign with the Jets because of Aaron Rodgers, but, quote, it certainly helped. Also said that when it comes to off-season communication, sometimes they lose touch a little bit. Big surprise, we know that Aaron Rodgers likes to go incognito at different points in the offseason. Lazard said, quote, it feels good that 12, meaning Aaron Rodgers, is going to be my quarterback again. That's still TBD, but of course that's the expectation at this point. Lazard said that he thinks that with Rodgers as quarterback, there's always a chance of winning. He also said that the expectation with Rodgers would be to go to the Super Bowl. Talked about leaving the Packers and said they didn't show any interest in bringing him back. Quote, they didn't seem like they were going to miss me too much. In fairness to the Packers, they have zero cap space. They had to do everything they could just to get out from under the cap and be able to put themselves in a position where if they want to, they can trade Aaron Rodgers. So there was no way they were ever going to be able to afford Alan Lazard. They knew it, and so they didn't really pursue that. So Walter, Alan Lazard, talking a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, why he loved playing with him, the expectations that the team should have if Rodgers comes in. Of course, why he came here. And it's not just Rodgers. It was also he loved Nathaniel Hackett. And it seemed like he got a little bored in Green Bay and wanted to have some fun in New York City. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess so. I've never been to Green Bay, so I can't speak uh, anything of it. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I think every contract looks better once you look at the details. Like, the, there's no, I've never seen a contract that's like, is exactly what it seems, unless it's fully guaranteed, like kind of like Kirk Cousins' contract. Uh, from a few years ago, but um, yeah, it's no surprise that his four-year, forty-four million is really two years, twenty-two million. I still think it's a little too much for him. You know, he he has trouble separating, and uh, just never. I I just think he's just like a mediocre possession receiver. I, I thought you know if he got two years, like real money, I think he would have got. I think he should have gotten like twelve to fourteen million. Um, but if you're going to overpay for a guy who's going to make Aaron Rodgers happy, it's probably going to be worth it. And who knows, maybe that was, uh, you know, 
I, we'll never know for sure. But maybe that was something that um, maybe had to be done to kind of grease the wheels to get Rodgers uh, to come to the Jets. So um, it, overall, if, if that's if that's the case, then then you can't really criticize the deal at all. In other Jets related news, we have the numbers now on Wes Schweitzer's contract. Two years, $5 million, $3.2 million guaranteed, $1.6 million in the first year, 2023, $2.3 million in the second year, 2024. And then there's voidable years from 2025 to 2027. The Jets also announced that they've signed former Ravens center slash guard Tristan Colon to a one year deal. Cologne and Schweitzer should replace Dan Feeney and Nate Herbig. Feeney went to the Dolphins and Nate Herbig went to the Steelers. And then the Jets bringing back Thomas Morstead, who was here for a little bit in 2021 when Braden Mann got hurt. Morstead, one of the best punters in the NFL. In fact, if you read Mike Westhoff's book, figure it out. Westhoff gushes over Morstead over and over again, calling him one of the best punters he's ever coached. He said that when Morstead punts the ball, it's like watching a rocket ship go into orbit, which is hilarious. Mike Westhoff has some outstanding quotes. The man has a way with words. And Morstead now presumably comes in to become the starter. Braden Mann, who was picked in the sixth round in the 2020 draft, just never worked out. Unfortunately, he just never lived up to what people expected of him. When you draft a punter or a kicker, you expect them to be among the best in the league. Braden Mann ended up being one of the worst in the league. So big upgrade here. Adam Schefter did report that the Jets, believe it or not, are shopping Braden Mann. If Joe Douglas can somehow get a draft pick for Braden Mann, who, if we're being honest about it, is one of the worst punters in the league, then he deserves a 10-year contract extension right there (laughs) on the spot. So Tristan Colon gives the Jets some cheap depth on the offensive line. I know that punter is not a position that's glamorous, but field position matters, especially when you have the possibility of playing in a lot of tight games. Getting more stead on board is a very important acquisition, and it actually made me very happy, much happier than the acquisition of a punter would make most people. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think uh, it was funny how the there were like musical chairs with the punters in the AFC today. Uh, you had the Patriots punter, Jake Bailey, go to the Dolphins, and then the Dolphins, who had who had uh, more said he he wants to the Jets, so it's kind of funny how they uh, maybe 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 man could go to the Patriots and you could complete that that circle. Um, yeah, I mean more says one of the best punters in the NFL. Uh, the only downside you could possibly say about him is that he's thirty seven, but you know punters could obviously play into their forties, not a big deal. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, ideally, like you, you'll you'll never even see Morstead because Aaron Rodgers will make your offense so much better. Uh, but you know, uh, you have to punt eventually. And, and so, yeah, the Jets are going to have better field position as for the offensive line upgrade, um, including the, the West Weister contract details, you know, like we were saying yesterday, um, it, kind of, it would not surprise anyone at all if the Jets spend uh, one of their initial two or three picks on an interior offensive lineman. Uh, these are these signings they made will not will not preclude them from making that pick, that 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 sort of pick. Um, it's just to provide insurance just in case like they don't get the prospects they want. Um, so you know, worst case scenario, they have to maybe start one of these guys. You know, ideally they don't, but. Um, I think, like, you know, if you're forced into starting West Schweitzer, not, like, horrible. But uh, ideally, he's going to be your, your top interior backup because he can play center and guard, and you're, you're going to draft uh, a center maybe in the second round. Some other interesting news and notes here, Walter. 
Brandon Bean, the Bills general manager, has been telling reporters that DeMar Hamlin is, quote, trending in the right direction in terms of returning to the football field soon, something Hamlin says he wants to do. That's a great story. We all know what happened with DeMar Hamlin collapsing on the football field, and there was some real concern that he might not make it, and now he could very well be back on the football field this coming season, which is remarkable, and it really is a story that should put a smile on your face. If you're a football fan or even just on a human level, here's another one, though. Unexpectedly, it looks like Kevin Byard, who is one of the best safeties in the NFL, could very well become available. Here's a guy who is a two-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, and he had another excellent year last year for the Tennessee Titans, but they asked him to take a pay cut and he told them no, so they may end up shopping him, or perhaps there's a possibility that he gets released. The downside with Kevin Byard is that he's going to turn 30 this summer, so he's not a younger safety. But if you're a team like the Jets, who are trying to go all in if they get Aaron Rodgers and win in a short window, if they can find a way to clear cap space and bring in a guy like Kevin Byard, he would shore up one of their biggest weaknesses and really help transform that defense from a defense that was very good last year but had weaknesses to a defense that could be almost weakness-free. So definitely something to keep your eye on if you're a Jets fan. If Kevin Byard becomes available, I would imagine Joe Douglas would do what he could to try and bring him in here. Yeah, Byard is, is one of the better safeties in the NFL. Uh, getting him would, would be that's just terrific for the Jets. And, you know, it would kind of like shore up one of their big needs. Uh, it would allow them, I think, to uh, take the best player available at 13 and then kind of look at the other needs like, you know, linebacker, interior, offensive line uh, in the second and third rounds. Um, so, yeah, if you can get Byard, uh, either be a trade, um, and I, I assume the Titans wouldn't have that much leverage because of this news, or or if they cut him and then the Jets sign him, um, I, yeah, that, that would be an enormous upgrade. Uh, as you said, like the only downside with him is, is going to be 30 soon. But safety is one of the positions where the guys can play well into their mid-30s. It's not like running back or receiver or cornerback where there is just uh, like a, a heavy decline once the player hits 30 or 31. Uh, safeties can, can can definitely extend their career. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely be on board with with Bayard. Um, that, that would be great. And the Titans are just uh, imploding right now. They might be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And, and maybe this is by design because they know that they, they, they've kind of hit a wall. Um, and, you know, with Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry's getting up there in age. He's approaching 30. Uh, so I, I think they need to rebuild. And I think they know that. Um, and the 2024 NFL draft should have two elite quarterbacks. Uh, Caleb Williams, uh, I, I would assume, is going to be the number one pick. So maybe maybe they're just tanking. Um, and if so, I, I think that's actually a good strategy because, you know, the Titans, are. They, I, I think they've lost the division to the Jaguars. And even if they somehow won the division, they still have to compete with, you know, you have the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs, you know, the Jets with Aaron Rodgers, the Dolphins, uh, who now have Jalen Ramsey, uh, the uh, the Browns, uh, who are going to have Sean Watson um, with with time to uh, have some rapport uh, with the rest of his team. The Steelers, who were eight and two last year with T.J. Watt on the field, and, and the Ravens, if they get Lamar Jackson back, like the AFC is so stacked, like the Titans know they can't compete. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if if they are. Um, just just wrecking it and just begin, beginning anew, I think that's the right strategy. 
Some other news and notes from around the NFL, Walter. Jordan Aikens, a tight end, signs with the Browns. And speaking of tight ends, this was the biggest move of the day. Mike Gusecki, a very important contributor to the Miami Dolphins, a tight end, winds up signing with the New England Patriots. Not a huge surprise because everybody felt like the Dolphins weren't going to have the money to keep Gusecki. I remember laughing when Gusecki tweeted out a response to Caleb Williams when Caleb Williams said that his number one choice of destination, if he could pick, would be the Miami Dolphins next year when he enters the draft, presumably, because he would love to be in Miami. And also they've got Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, and Mike Gusecki. And Mike Gusecki tweeted out a response saying, did they tell you something I don't know that I'm going to be here in Miami because I'm looking to see whether or not I should renew my lease? Well, apparently that <laughs> lease is not going to get renewed. He is headed to the New England Patriots. And honestly, as a Jets fan, that's something I like to see because I really don't view the Patriots as a threat right now. The Dolphins absolutely are. So taking a useful player off the Dolphins and putting them on the Patriots, even though the Patriots are also in the division, I would much rather weaken the Dolphins and slightly strengthen the Patriots than let Gusecki stay on the Dolphins. So I think that ends up being a net positive for the Jets. Tavarius Moore, the cornerback, signs with the Packers. Linebacker Chris Board goes to the Patriots in addition to Gusecki signing. Devin Bush, the linebacker from the Steelers, goes to the Seahawks, who also signed former Giants safety Julian Love. And Dean Lowry, the defensive tackle, signs with the Minnesota Vikings. So, Walter, your thoughts on all of these moves. I think the Gusecki move is a nice one for the Patriots. And like I said, I like the fact that it weakens the Dolphins. You know, it's funny about the Patriots. And I, I agree that you, you said that they're not a threat. Um, but if they were in the NFC, I think they'd be a playoff team. That's, that's like how different uh, these conferences mm. are, like power, power level-wise. Uh, but... You know, Gusecki going to the Patriots makes sense. You know, Belichick has uh, a long history of stealing uh, Dolphins players or other players from the AFC East. Um, and, yeah, he made a mistake a couple years ago. He signed both Hunter Henry and John New Smith to huge contracts. Uh, there, there's a long history of signing non-elite tight ends to big deals uh, that, that fail. Um, it, it happens all the time. Uh, now, now Gusecki's getting $9 million for 2023 but that's only one year so it's not too bad um he didn't do much last year uh he had 70 catches the year before but in 2022 he really struggled uh to produce and it's because you know they had Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle getting all the usage uh so you know the Dolphins didn't really need Gusecki I think they could find um a, a cheaper replacement so I, I don't think this hurts them too much and, you know, for the Patriots, you have to wonder, like, is Gusecki going to see, like, that much, uh, that many targets? Because they have Hunter Henry. They just signed Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, so, you know, like, where is he in the pecking order? I, I don't know if this really strengthens uh, the Patriots that much. Actually, the other signing they made today, Chris Board, uh, I think that helps them out a lot. Uh, Bel Belichick called Chris Board the best special teams player in the NFL. Um and so, you know, we have we saw what happened with the Patriots in the finale last year. They needed a win to get in, and they allowed two kickoff return touchdowns to the Bills. Uh, so, you know, the, like strengthening the special teams was was like absolutely essential for them. Uh, so they did that with Chris Ford. So I, I thought that was a nice signing, like pretty cheap signing. It's not going to hurt them financially. Uh, so I, I thought that was a great move. Uh, some other uh, great moves I thought from today. Uh, 
Chiefs signing Drew Tranquil. Um, he's the linebacker from the Chargers last year. Uh, he's not that good in run support, but he's really good in coverage. And the Chiefs, uh, like their, I would say their weakness is their linebacking core. So that, that's going to help help them out like quite a bit. Um, the Seahawks signing Devin Bush is interesting because Bush was a, uh, a former first round pick. The Steelers drafted him. He ne- he never lived up to his potential, but he's still young. He still has upside. So the Seahawks, uh, who lost, they lost the linebacker Cody Barton uh, this offseason, so Bush can really uh, help them out. Um, they also signed Julian Love. Uh, now, the Seahawks are set at safety, but Julian Love could play anywhere in the secondary. He could play – he could even play outside corner, but he could primar- primarily play safety and nickel corner. And the Seahawks had a needed nickel corner, so I think Julian Love could fit in there. And then the Vikings getting Dean Lowry I thought was a nice move as well. Um, Lowry signed a $20 million, con- $20 million contract a few years ago, and he had a nice season in 2021. But last year, he he was just awful. I don't know what happened to him. He was even benched late in the year. But he still has that potential. He's, he's not too far removed from having a great year. And he's going to be paired with Brian Flores, who's now uh, the defensive coordinator for the Vikings. So I think he could have a bit of a resurgence there uh, for a team that really needed some defensive line help. Um, so, yeah, like some some solid signings today. Not, nothing insane. Uh, but these teams definitely help them out, uh, help themselves out quite a bit. Walter Cherpinski, the owner and founder of WalterFootball.com. Thanks so much for coming on and recapping day number three of NFL Free Agency with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything you're doing over at WalterFootball.com, talk about what's going on over there because there's constant updates involving not only free agency, but also fantasy football, the draft, and so much more. Yeah, we've graded every single free agency signing thus far, so you can check that out. Uh, we have a free agency tracker that's updated uh, all the time. As soon as the signing's made, uh, we update it so you can see who the top free agents are available. Uh, as for the draft, uh, Charlie and I have updated 2023 NFL mock drafts. Charlie's is going to be updated on Monday. Mine is going to be updated Tuesday. So, yeah, we have tons of dra- other draft content as well. We have big board. We have stock reports. We have prospect rankings. Uh, Charlie's breaking news on the NFL hot press which is a section of the site uh so yeah tons of content there uh we're gonna have fantasy rankings updated uh probably in a couple weeks for for all the free agency news and then we're gonna have an updated uh power rankings and then uh draft the draft is uh, gonna be upon us soon so uh once the draft is going we're gonna be grading every single pick as it comes in so tons of content coming up at waltzerfootball.com Make sure you check out everything that Walter and Charlie are doing over at WalterFootball.com. Check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got an awesome All-22 breakdown of the Jets' newest offensive weapon, Alan Lazard. So watch that video. Watch all of our videos. And subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store, TeePublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. TeePublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.